Hello and welcome to the Proper Car Podcast. I'm Drew Markey and I'm excited to share my love of cars and my knowledge of the car sales and service industry with you. The goal of this podcast is to help you be more informed about the car buying process, to help you find the best car for your needs and your budget, and to help you enjoy car ownership more than you've ever imagined. I'm your ally in car buying and I can't wait to help you out, so let's get started. Today we're going to talk about buying for gas mileage savings. This comes up often when gas prices go up. And I want to cover some of the math for you to consider in case you're thinking about making a new car purchase just specifically for savings at the pump. Obviously there are a lot of other things to consider and most car purchases happen for a multitude of reasons. So. If you're going from an old car that's starting to nickel and dime you, or you're seeking something safer, or maybe that truck or sports car, big SUV you have just no longer suits your needs for other reasons, uh, you'll have to obviously factor all of that in. However, if doing math on these things isn't something you're willing to do, Uh, when it comes to gas mileage and trying to understand your gas mileage. There's a great tool that you can use. Uh, It's available at fueleconomy.gov. I love it. I've used it for, God, at least 10 or 15 years now. Uh, It allows you to compare multiple cars side by side. Uh, The option that you select when you're on the homepage is just compare side by side. You can plug in the specific details of your car and you can even go in and make adjustments to things like your current gas prices and your average type of driving, whether it's, I think, stop and go or highway is how they have it split up. It's pretty great. It's it's a fantastic tool. So uh, consider using that no matter what. But in this episode, I want to dig in a little bit on some of the math behind fuel economy and what some of those costs look like so that you have a better understanding of what your actual costs are and what your savings might be if you were to make a change. A lot of times we maybe overinflate some of those numbers. Sometimes we underestimate what they are. So I want to help you if you're considering gas mileage as a primary factor of an upcoming vehicle purchase. And in the next little bit, we're going to cover those details. So hopefully this will help. Okay, first thing I want to do is get into some of the simple math that we're going to be covering. Uh, I promise I will try to make this as easy as possible. You shouldn't need to take notes or anything like that, but uh, these things that we're going to cover will help you to better understand not just what your average cost is, but how you're going to potentially save money uh, by making a change in a car or how it maybe isn't going to be as helpful as you might think. So recently gas prices skyrocketed. They've went way up. uh, And as a result, that's when people start really reconsidering some of the vehicles that they own. With prices in the $5 and $6 a gallon range, 
it does no matter what vehicle you have that's running on gas uh, or diesel it does make a huge difference in how much you're spending on average at the pump uh, i know myself it was noticeable that i was spending i spent over 50 dollars to fill up my miata which I don't know that I've ever done that before, uh, but it was in a, it was kind of shocking. Uh, and I've spent $75 filling up the tank of other cars as well. So it, it can be pretty shocking when you see those numbers. With that said, prices have started to come back down. And at the moment, in my area, you can typically spend about $4 a gallon. And I want to use that number as we kind of do some of the math coming up in this episode. While we've occasionally seen gas prices dip back into the low threes or possibly even slightly below $3 a gallon, and we've seen it go up as high as six, seven, eight dollars a gallon, depending on where you are in the country, um, $4 gives a pretty good estimate for roughly what we're expecting to see um, on average right now. Speaking of averages, let's talk about some other averages. In 2021, American drivers averaged 12,000 miles per year, just over 12,000. So that's 1,000 miles per month, which makes things nice and easy when we're looking at trying to figure out some of the, the math behind this. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but you may or may not know your own average. Um, a lot of people just don't find any need to to track any of these types of things if you don't have to for work purposes and you don't do it for tax write-offs or anything like that it may not be a necessity um, but when you start to figure out what some of these costs look like and where you may be able to save some money it could be beneficial to consider doing that there's a few different ways you could look back to see what your actual averages are if you've had your car for maybe a couple of years, you could look back on your paperwork from when you purchased it and see what the mileage was at that time. Take what you've got now, subtract out that old mileage and divide it by however many months you've owned the car. You could also look at your service visits. So let's say you don't have that old bill of sale and you've had the car for four or five years and you have some service records going back. You could look at those as well and just look at the date and try to figure out how many miles you've traveled since then. And then you can determine what your average mileage is. So we're gonna use the average American mileage of a thousand miles per month. Um, but obviously when you do this, if you travel uh, a large number of miles every year, 20 or 25,000, these numbers are going to be nothing compared to what you're used to. Uh, same goes if you only drive three to 5,000 miles per year, you're going to need to really uh, narrow down what some of these, these dollar amounts look like. Now, when it comes to miles per gallon, uh, my favorite way to track this is based on true usage. And that's to reset your trip meter your, uh, and your odometer. You have the trip meter that you can reset on any car and do that when you fill up. Then when you fill up again, make note of that or just do the math right there at the pump. 
you can see how many miles you've traveled. So let's say you traveled 300 miles on that tank of gas and it takes 15 gallons to fill up. You average 20 miles per gallon. Um, obviously those are super simple numbers. They're not going to be that exact, but if you maybe use your notes app on your phone or just have a little pad and, and pen in the car that you just make note a few times, it'll help you to better understand what your true usage looks like. Um, you might think that you're getting a certain amount because of what you know your car should be getting, but you might find that you're doing a whole lot more stop and go than you expected, or maybe it's a little bit higher because your usage is different than you were you were factoring in. So I think that's one of the best ways. It, you can do it over the course of a few tanks of gas and probably get a pretty good idea if you're super nerdy like me you probably do it every single time and uh good for you just kidding you don't have to do that um but either way it gives you some really good data to work with so in the next little segment here we're going to take that information that we've gathered um, from your averages and in our case we're going to use these averages that i just discussed and we're going to see how that works in a scenario where someone may be considering a miles per gallon focus in their uh, car purchase that's coming up. If gas mileage is one of your primary targets with a new vehicle purchase, it's probably safe to say you're not getting as good of gas mileage as as you would like. Maybe you have an older vehicle that just didn't have quite the fuel efficiency of some of the current cars. Maybe your vehicle that you're in right now is just a heavier user of fuel. Um, so for a, a pretty safe example on this, something that I think we probably know somebody who falls into this category, we're gonna use an example of you're driving an early 2010s SUV. When you got that SUV, it was great for family hauling and has served that purpose well for maybe a decade or so. But it's really kind of hurting you because at this point, you don't use it that way so much anymore. And it's only getting about 15 miles to the gallon. You're able to move to a smaller car at this point and everything you're looking at that's new and in your price range and your interests looks like it'll probably average right around 30 miles per gallon based on again kind of understanding how you drive and what those numbers look like for those vehicles doubling your fuel economy feels like an easy win a lot of people would stop here and say i'm gonna spend half as much money on gas as i do with this big older SUV. I'm done. I'm buying right now. Uh, this is all that matters to me because I'm excited about savings at the pump. There's a lot more to consider though. Maybe that SUV, it's probably actually paid for at this point. And a lot of those are relatively reliable vehicles and don't cost a ton to maintain. So you don't have a lot of month to month expenses aside from that expensive you know payment every time you go to the pump so with a new car you're going to have a lot of these 
additional costs coming your way. Let's say the car you're buying is $30,000. We're just gonna use that as a total number, including your taxes and tag fees and, and everything else that's in that total. But you're gonna use your SUV as a down payment and since it's paid off and let's just say it's worth $10,000, you're looking to finance the rest. Uh, these are, again, pretty common scenarios. So you're looking to take on a $20,000 loan and you'd like to split that up over four years, 48 months, uh, which car will be under warranty that whole time and given your mileage, everything looks like you should have the car paid off before it's out of warranty. So everything's looking good in that regard. Assuming that you know your credit's good and, and you're able to get like a pretty decent rate, you're gonna be looking at about $450 a month is your car payment for that new car for 48 months. Now, your car insurance and your taxes will probably go both go up just a little bit because of the new car. So let's just say that your average monthly total will actually be about $480 a month just to cover some of those additional costs and spread it out on a monthly basis. To understand your current fuel costs, we're gonna go back to those numbers we talked about earlier. You're going to divide your monthly average mileage, so in this case we're gonna use 1,000 miles, by your miles per gallon, which is 15 in this example. And what you're gonna find is that the number of gallons of gas you buy every month, in this example, is 66.667. We're just gonna round it up and say 67. So you multiply that 67 gallons of gas times $4 a gallon, and you can see that you're spending $270 a month to fuel that beast of an SUV. That's a pretty painful number when you consider it's just being used for fuel just to be able to get you around. Doing the math again, even though we already know it's going to be half, uh, you would compare what that new car is going to be, so 30 miles per gallon, so you're using 33 point whatever uh, gallons of gas. It's lower, let's just round it down to 33, and that puts you at about $130 a month in what you'd spend at the pump. Again, I'm not trying to give you an exact down to the dollar figure, we're just trying to get pretty close here. So you're probably gonna see where I'm going here. $130 a month is a nice savings at the gas pump for $140. That's a big amount of money being spent every single month on something that's just for day-to-day -day usage of your vehicle. However, when you start to look at what your car payment uh, is going to be and the additional costs of the new car, the reality is that in this scenario, you're actually going to be spending an additional basically $350 a month for this new car that's saving you money on fuel. So this is why I want to point it out. It's, it's often brought up as a primary factor 
for people uh, as they move from one car to the next. And again, there's many other reasons, but I want to point that out because what's worth noting here is even as gas prices get much higher, if they're at $6 a gallon, uh, you're saving $200 a month in fuel, which is incredible. However, if you've made a new car purchase and you've taken on a payment or even you've just removed all that money from your savings account to cover this difference, it just doesn't really add up in even a scenario like this where you're technically doubling your gas mileage. It's a lot to consider. In the last little segment, we'll do a little bit of a roundup on this and talk about why it still may make sense, even despite the fact that I've just presented numbers that basically show you're still going to spend more money getting a car that's intended to save you money. So knowing everything that we just covered, does that mean that you shouldn't make this new car purchase based on fuel savings? I would say no, definitely not. Um, despite the fact that given that math, it's very clear that you're still spending more money uh, to buy that car so that you spend less money at the pump, over a long period of time, that will still balance itself out. Um, if you keep your cars for a long time that can definitely balance out and it can be very worthwhile. Uh, in my episode where I talked about going electric, that was one of the factors that I thought was really interesting is seeing when someone goes from uh, a decent fuel economy gas-powered car to an electric car, it does take some time but even after just over three years the the savings have actually balanced out so that it's it's in the positive category. That's certainly the case too when you look at going from a, an inefficient vehicle to a more fuel efficient vehicle, um, that can still also be the case. Also, there are so many other scenarios where you don't fit into that specific, I'm, I'm the average thousand miles a month driver or um, my usage is this or that. Uh, I once, helped a guy who was getting out of a Jeep Wrangler that he had bought not too long before and really loved, but uh, he was in a situation where his job changed and his new commute was significantly longer. He was doing a ton of highway driving, a massive amount of miles compared to what he had been doing when he bought that Jeep. And so his commute was was lengthy and his gas prices or his gas bill was going up a ton. This was also at a time when gas prices had jumped a lot in the past and so altogether he was spending $600 a month just to fuel his Jeep. Uh, the enjoyment he was getting out of it was just not there like it was when he first bought it, not just because of that bill but because of his usage. The Jeep wasn't great for highway driving. He had set it up to be more off-road focused, and so it was loud, and it was a rough ride, and it just it, it wasn't comfortable either. He was spending about $400 a month on his car payment for that Jeep, and 
he was going to continue to pay for a little bit longer before he had it paid off anyway. So his total was $1,000 a month he was spending on a payment and gas without anything else included. He ended up getting a Mini that was, even though it ran on premium fuel, it was still going to be saving him around $350 a month in fuel savings. On top of that, his payment actually was a little bit less with that many, and as a result, he was saving hundreds of dollars a month. He was in a car that better suited his his needs at that time, and it was more fun for him on highway drives, um, albeit not the most comfortable car in the world for highway driving. It, it still suited his needs and was way better. Now, that's just one example, but there are a lot of people out there who aren't going to fit that exact average. So don't let the math that I just covered in this episode completely scare you off from this concept. It's worth actually applying the math to your situation so that you can see, does it make sense or not? And also I come back to the point that most car purchases aren't made on one point, on just something like fuel savings. Most people are considering those other factors, like in the case of the Jeep, the uncomfortable ride and the the extra noise on the highway, those were factors too. They really, you know, degraded his enjoyment. So it was worth considering something else. For a lot of people, it might be that the less fuel efficient vehicle is maybe a bit older. Maybe it doesn't have some safety equipment that they would really like to have or Um, the reliability of the car has started to be problematic and there's some other expenses coming in that they don't want to continue to cover for the long term. So again, there's a lot of reasons why it still makes sense. So to wrap this one up, I just want to remind you that you can look at some of these really simple math Uh, equations that you could do on your fuel economy and what you're spending at the pump, what your average mileage is, and apply that to better understand how important is this factor when you make another car purchase. If you don't want to do all of that math, as a reminder, you could always just go to fueleconomy.gov and plug some info in there. You'll still get some pretty, pretty close estimates, and it could be very helpful. So, Let's go ahead and close this one out. Uh, If you are interested in getting some additional help, some one-on-one personal support, please reach out to me. Uh, You can visit my website, thepropercar.com, to learn more. And of course, if you have any questions or topic ideas or anything else you'd like to to discuss as part of the podcast, you can reach me at podcast at thepropercar.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. My screen name is the underscore proper underscore car. And if you're enjoying this content or feel someone else may appreciate some of this information, please consider subscribing and share with others. If you would be willing to do a review, it helps me a ton in getting this podcast some visibility to other people. And I would appreciate it so, so much. Thank you for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive.